Well, good evening, everybody. I'm like so filled up just from that. I'm like, let's just go home now. That was great. That was, Grace, thank you so much. Let us right into the presence of God. So thank you so much for that. Well, my name, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jen. I am the care pastor here at the sanctuary and um, been doing that for almost nine years. And so Pastor Bill had asked me to come and share tonight. He has the flu. Did you guys know that? Poor guy has the flu. So God covered him, right? He knew he was going to need a little help. So I'm here tonight to share with us. I wanted to start by sharing with you guys a picture of my family. There they are. There we are. That's my husband, Craig, my daughters, Megan and Kelsey, and we look all like nice and put together, right, because it's Easter and that's what you do on Easter is you dress up and you look all nice. But this next picture is probably more of who we really are. There we are at Christmas last year. Our last name is Lord, so we were four lords a-leaping. Get it? Get it? Right. So I share with you, obviously, so you can get to know me a little bit for those of you who don't know me, but I also share that with you because you're looking at a family who's been through a lot. We've been through a lot of grief. We've been through a lot of pain in our family. I uh, grew up moving around a lot, and so I did not go to the same school two years in a row until I was in the ninth grade. And so that was a whole lot of trauma for me of being the new kid all the time and trying to fit and make friends, and then finally you make friends and you get to know them and then you move again. And so then there's the grief of leaving those friends behind and then the awkwardness of coming and starting over again and trying to fit in with new people over and over and over again. It was pretty traumatic for me. And so I didn't go, like I said, to the same school two years in a row until I was 14 years old. When I got there, I got to high school. I met Craig, my husband Craig, and that was great. See, all I needed was two years in a row, and stuff was, good stuff was going to happen, right? So I meet my husband Craig. We were 16 when we started dating. I have a 16-year-old now and I realized how young 16 was. I was like, what were my parents thinking? But um, we got married when we were 19 and 20, and let's just say life hasn't quite turned out like we thought it would. Anybody else's life not quite turn out like you thought it would, right? Like the path just didn't follow the plan, right, that we had, and that was hard. We had um, a miscarriage. Our first pregnancy was a miscarriage, and that was devastating. That was heartbreaking for us. And shortly after I got pregnant again, with our oldest daughter, we found out that my mom had cancer. And she battled cancer bravely for two and a half years. And shortly after my second daughter was born, so 10 days after she was born, my mom died. And she died the day before Mother's Day, five days before my birthday, 10 days before my oldest daughter's birthday, three weeks before our anniversary. It was a month before my husband's birthday. So right in the middle of all of our family celebrations, my mom died took a long time to want to celebrate again. That was really, really hard. Craig has been through two bouts of unemployment. One was six months, one was 19 months. And that was a long, long, long time to go without a job, to always wonder what, was everything gonna be okay? How are we gonna keep going? Was there gonna be money? The pressure of that, the stress of that. We had a 20-year friendship that ended unexpectedly. It was very painful and shocking. And that was a huge loss, especially for me. I'm the kind of people that has friends for a really long time. And that was very painful for me. And my kids have dealt with pain. My kids have dealt with some betrayals and friendship and things that happen that at 14 and 16, they've been hurt, and even younger. And so they've dealt with a lot of stuff. So you're looking at a family that has dealt with a lot of grief. And I know if we were each to sit here today, right, and share our stories, 
you have the same types of stories in your life, right? The things that didn't go right, the people that aren't here anymore, the betrayals, the sadness, you've got those too. The hard part about that is that life doesn't ever stop for pain, does it? Life never stops for our grief. Life doesn't stop going. We still have all the responsibilities. We still have to get up and go to work and pay the bills and take care of the kids and do all that kind of stuff. And so life just keeps going and we are sitting here gaping holes, hurting, grieving, not sure how to move forward or how to move on. And then the holidays come. And magically, it's all supposed to be better, right? Magically, we're supposed to be happy. Happy because it's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy because there's traditions and, and special times and celebrations. And some years I've been there. Some years I can jump right in and celebrate. And some years has been incredibly painful. I had nothing to celebrate. When you can't afford to buy presents for your kids, it's hard to be excited about Christmas. When someone's missing from your traditions that have always been there, it's painful. And suddenly the holidays become all the reminders of why I'm grieving, why I'm sad. And instead of being a celebration, it becomes another reminder of my heartache. So tonight, I'm going to talk about good grief. Good grief. Actually, that phrase when Pastor Bill and I were talking about what we were going to share tonight, he's like, good grief. It's like Charlie Brown. Have you watched your Charlie Brown holiday movies yet? Right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, the little scraggly tree, and Linus talking about Jesus, right? Good grief. And poor Charlie Brown, everything always happened to him, right? Good grief. Nothing ever worked out right for Charlie Brown. I sometimes feel that way. Sometimes things just don't work out, right? Like we want them to. Good and grief don't seem like they can go together. Those don't seem like two words that seem like they should fit. But I will tell you that the paradox of that is opposite things. In my own life, in my own grief, I have experienced God meeting me at a way that he doesn't in any other time in my life. That it is in that place of sorrow and sadness that God gives me something of himself that he doesn't give at any other time. You know, over the years as I have processed through my own pain and cried through my own tears, I'm bilingual, English and tears. That's what I got. I like cry bucket loads, right? That's what I do. I cry when I'm happy, I cry when I'm sad, I cry when I'm mad. So I say a lot of words and I cry a lot of tears, <laughs> okay? That's what I do. And I've done a lot of that over the years, processing through my heartache and through the things I'm grieving about. Psalm 56, eight says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. See, when we're in that place of heartache and sadness and those tears are there, there is something about our God that comes up and collects even those tears that drop. You know, the one single tear, the ugly cry, those are precious to him, that he counts our sorrows. It matters to him when we're hurting. He cares about that and I've experienced that that God has met me, given me something of himself in the middle of my pain. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. I've experienced God doing that, that he's healed me, 
that those things that I shared with you tonight, each and every one of those stories are things that God has walked me through the grieving process. I'm not still there in the middle of that. He's healed me. He has bandaged my wounds. He has healed my broken heart, healed me of grief and pain that I thought would consume me forever, that I thought would be there a long time. Sometimes it was there a long time, but he did heal me. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And you guys, that's what I hope happens tonight. God has comforted me. And I hope that tonight you hear a little bit of how he's walked me through this process and that it can comfort you too. He's so good like that, right? He doesn't want us to do it alone. So I hope you walk away with some comfort tonight. Because really, let's be honest, when we're grieving and in pain, we start not thinking about things so clearly, right? It starts to mess with how we look at things, of how we look at God, how we look at ourselves and our pain. When we, when we think about grief, it makes us kind of angry at God. Sometimes when we're facing those hard things, the loss, the disappointment, the betrayal, I get mad at God. Why did you let this happen? When my mom died of cancer, I was like, so you're a healer, really, are you now? Because you healed her mom, but you didn't heal mine. Or when Craig didn't have a paycheck coming in, I'm like, provider, hmm. I don't know if I've seen you provide lately. I was angry. I was frustrated with God. And those feelings about my grief, about my circumstances, were leaking onto how I looked at God. How I felt about things was starting to mess with my view of what was true. See, I say this to my kids all the time. Feelings are real because we feel them, but they're not always true. You can't live by how you feel. We will be led astray every time. And we have an enemy who is really good at accusing God to us, right? From the beginning of time, that's what he's been doing. From Eve in the garden, God doesn't have your best. He's not looking out for you. He abandoned you. Those people abandoned you, God abandoned you. If God is so good, why is your life so bad? And we start to feel like, yeah, why is my life so bad? We start to feel like that's true. And that's when we have to stop. That should become our warning bell. Okay, what's going on? I need to remember what's true. Where do we find out what's true about God? The Bible. Not how we feel, not what culture says, not what someone told us. What the Bible says about God is what is true about him. Hebrews 13:5, God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Hmm. Sometimes you ever felt like God failed you? I felt that way. But this says that he will never fail us. He won't ever abandon us, even when people do. What am I gonna believe? Isaiah 43, two says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name, you are mine. When you go through deep, through deep waters, I will be with you. 
When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That is such a promise. And yet there are times where we do feel like we're drowning. Man, it felt like the water was up to here when we were facing those financial difficulties, man. Like, it, like up to here and I was barely keeping my head above water. I felt like I was gonna drown at every turn. God, how can you be with me? It feels like you're far away. But God says, I'm his. I won't be burned up by this. He's with me. John 16, says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You guys, God is not intimidated by what we face and what we deal with does not change what is true about God. God is who God is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever and that does not change no matter what my circumstances say. And that is what I have to keep my eyes on in the middle of my grief. What is true about God, who he says that he is what he says that we will do. And so when we're grieving and hurting, we each do have a choice. What am I gonna believe? How I feel, what my circumstances are telling me? Am I gonna believe what's true, what the word says is true? See, we all know that we've received salvation by faith, right? That we, none of us were there at the crucifixion and the resurrection, right? So we believe by faith, Jesus, you died for my sins. You forgive me. I have new life. My relationship with the Father is restored. I will spend eternity with you. We believe that by faith. And then we have to still walk by faith in our daily lives, right? And so sometimes faith is, I believe you're good when my circumstances are not. I believe you will save me when I feel like I'm lost. I believe that you love me when everyone else has walked away. It is faith to believe what is true about God in the middle of our pain. But I will tell you that when I begin to believe it, when I choose to believe it, then I begin to see it. You begin to see it. I begin to see ways that God has been there for me, but I didn't see it because I was thinking about my grief. My eyes were on my pain on how I was feeling. When I begin by faith to believe what is true about God, I begin to see it. You know what? God didn't heal my mom on earth like I wanted him to but she is healed. She is in heaven and she is healed. That's not the way I wanted it, but he'd counted her days. She lived them all that he designed for her and she is healed and I will see her again one day. And you know what? When we were facing all those months of unemployment, God's people were good to us. They helped provide for us, take care of us. God was doing all kinds of things that I didn't see at first because I was focused on my pain. I was focused on my grief. And so when we make that choice, and it is a choice to believe what's true, we begin to see what God is doing. Healing begins to start because it heals my view of God. It's not based on how I feel or what I'm going through, but on who he truly is. Isaiah 55, eight and nine says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. 
I'm so glad God doesn't think like me. I'm glad that I trust a God who sees far bigger of a picture than I ever will. And I can trust him. I can trust what he's doing. I can trust that he will be there, that what he says is true, even when it's not what I see with my eyes. This world is dominated by sin and all of the death and brokenness that that brings. That's this world. That's not the world we were created for, and that's not the world we're gonna be living in someday. Revelation 2, I'm sorry, Revelation 21, three through five says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. That is the God we serve. That is what he is about. And the author of that world wants to come and help us in this one. He wants to help us work through the pain that we're feeling now. He can be a safe place. He, he is a safe place when we are grieving, when we are hurting and we are sad. Because let's be honest, the other part of struggling with our grief is that we are really, really focused on our pain, right? We just want the pain to stop. We just don't want to feel this way anymore. I'm tired of hurting tired of doubting, tired of the depression and then the anxiety that comes with it. And so hard because if we give in to how it all felt, right, if I really let all of that grief and all of that emotion, if I, if I really felt it all, how could I keep going on? How could I get up out of bed every day? How could I take care of my kids? How could I do my job? The weight of it all feels like too much. And so we try to handle it right in our own strength. We medicate in all the ways that we do. We all have our ways, right? We try to take the pain away. And the hard part is we know that sometimes maybe for a little moment we forget, but it doesn't heal us. And the pain often comes back with more force than it did before. It comes back with more intensity than it did before. Because let's be honest, sometimes the bondage of our medicating, of our choices, feels safer so we go back. Instead of having to trust God and bring our feelings to him. Because see, that's what he wants. When we're hurting and grieving, he wants us to come to him with how we feel. But it's easier to go back to what we know, what's more comfortable. I remember hearing this story once of a man. It's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. His family died, his Mother, his pregnant wife, and his two-year-old daughter died instantly being hit by a drunk driver. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that pain. And he was overwhelmed, but especially at night. Anybody else have trouble at night sometimes? I don't know. At night, it's hard to sleep, and sometimes you dream, and there's anxiety, and your brain won't stop. And he was very, very, very anxious every night in the middle of his grief. So he had a dream one night. And in his dream, he is running with all his might, chasing the setting sun, because he didn't want it to get dark. He's running, 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 hoping to keep the sunlight up. But of course, he can't. He can't, in his own strength, trace after the sun, and so the sun sets, and he's left in the dark. 
And he woke up and the Lord said to him, you can't chase the sunset, but the quickest way back to the light is to go back through the dark to the sunrise on the other side. We don't want to face that dark sometimes. The grief, the hurt, we don't want to look at it. We want to run away from it. But God is saying, I want you to take that. I'm not leaving you alone. I want you to bring it to me. I don't want you to sit there and think about it. We do a lot of thinking and not praying, right? We do a lot of thinking. I want you to just think about it. I want you to pray. Bring all of it to me. You know, if I have a gaping wound, I'm gonna go to the doctor, right? The doctor can heal me. If I'm sitting here right now and I have a wound, a doctor can heal me, but not until I bring it to him, right? I have to go to him, present my wound, so that he can help do the things that happen so that I can be healed. That's what God wants, that we bring to him our pain, bring to him our hurt. He can't heal us if we don't bring it to him. But here's the thing, you guys. We have a savior who understands what life on this earth is like. He understands our pain. He understands our sorrow. I'm comforted by that. Isaiah 53.3 says, Jesus was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. You know, it's easy sometimes when we're reading the Bible to just read it as a statement. Like, okay, I just read the words. But we have to remember that these stories were people's lives. They were living it as we are living it. And Jesus, choosing to become a man and come here, despised, rejected. You know, before Jesus was crucified, his earthly father had died. Joseph had died before that. John the Baptist, his cousin, beheaded. Jesus knew people he loved dying. Here's Jesus about to carry the sin of the world on his shoulders, and he's in the garden, and he is saying to his friends, please pray for me. He was filled with the weight of what he was about to do, and he goes to pray, and he's sweating blood, and he's overwhelmed, and he goes back to his friends, and they are praying fervently for him. No, they're not. They fell asleep, right? Talk about being betrayed by your friends. In your hour of greatest need, they're sleeping. They couldn't even stay awake to pray. Jesus knows what it's like. He's been here. He knows our hurt. He's been through the pain and grief that we have been through. So we bring to God how we feel. Honestly, he already knows it's there. So if it comes out angry, messy, raging, if it's blubbering and you can barely get the words out, or like me, only in tears because words don't come, bring it to him. That's what God wants, for us to be honest with him about our pain and our hurt, to let him begin to heal us as we bring it to him. That's why I love Psalms. I love the book of Psalms because David and the other psalmists, man, they are just honest about life. Life is good, life is bad, and they're sharing it all. And who are they doing? They're, they're praying it. They're telling God how they feel. David knew exactly what the kind of stuff we go through. David had family issues. Sometimes his grief was because of the consequences of his own choices. And he had family stuff and he lost people and he was hurting. 
I love it because Psalm 18, we see David reflecting these two things, remembering what's true about God and then bringing his pain to God. Psalm 18, one through six, David says, I love you, Lord, you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord, who was worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. I love it. David's saying, God, here's all these things that are true about you. You're my protection when a death trap is laid in front of me. That doesn't change that God is my protection. God, the grave wrapped around me, but you are my place of safety. And he pours out to God, and God heard him. He hears us in our distress. He hears us in our pain, and that is where it becomes good. Because in that, God can use the grief that we have to draw us to himself. That's the good in grief. You guys, sometimes, let's be honest, God's not the prize. He should be. He is worthy of all our praise. He is all that is good. He has redeemed us. And sometimes we want the stuff. (laughs) We want the people. But God is our great reward. And when we begin to bring to him our pain, he heals us and gives us himself. I wanted a check in the mail. God wanted to give me more of himself. I wanted my friend back. God wanted to give me more of himself. I wanted my mom, but God wanted to give me more of himself. And he did. He gives me more of himself. It changes my view of who he is. It changes my view of myself and what he's doing in my life. That's the good. That is the good in the process of grief. That is where God begins to bring freedom and hope that it's not gonna be like this forever. It's not, this is, this is a season that we can choose to stay in for a really long time. But if we will come to him, he will begin to heal us, to bandage our wounds. And when I stop medicating, and I stop doing it my way, I leave space for God to come in. It might feel dark for a second. It will feel dark for a second, or a minute, or an hour. But let God fill the space. Let God fill the hole. Hold on to what's true, not what you can see. By faith, let God fill the hole, and he will. He meets us in that place. You know, that's what I love about, ultimately, what the holiday season, what this Christmas season is, right? Matthew 1.23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That God was entering the broken world, he enters my broken world to heal me, to love me, to give us hope that things can be different. 
And we know that these things don't happen instantly, right? It takes time. Healing takes time. But if I will continue by faith to believe what God says is true, if I will continue to bring my pain to him, do it his way, I'll get him. I'll get him and his healing and his work in my life. Finally tonight, Psalm 23 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. As most of us memorized it growing up, it was, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what I love about that? Yea, though I camp in the valley of the shadow of death, though I set up a house, though I stay in the valley of the shadow of death, no, I walk through. I'm not supposed to stay there. God walks us through. He comforts us. He is with us. We're not intended to stay in that place. So as we begin in this holiday season, what am I believing about God? Lord, what are you saying to me? What am I believing about you? And am I coming to you with my pain? I'm not gonna hide it. I'm not gonna shove it down and push it away. Lord, I'm gonna bring it to you. And a final part of that is walking it out with someone. Here at the sanctuary, we have two ministries that are specifically here to be with you in the middle of difficult times. And the first is we have a grief recovery class. And if you're in a season of grieving and in need of just help walking through that process, we have a class that would help be a part of that for you. We also have something called guidance ministry, who is someone to just meet with once a week, who's praying for you, listening to you, talking, who will speak the word to you, will speak truth to you. And so if either of those would be a blessing in your journey as you're processing, let me know after we're done tonight. I would love to be able to connect you with that because in the middle of all this, we know we need God's people too. We can't walk alone. God didn't design us that way. So some of this heart work we do on our own and then we walk with people who encourage us, remind us what's true. That's part of what God wants to do in this holiday season. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you meet us, that you love us, that you are good, and that you bring good in the middle of our grief. You bring good in the middle of our pain because you give us more of yourself if we will let you. So Father, today I pray that you would help us to be open to what you wanna do, to not dealing with our pain on our own, not running to our old ways, but Lord, making room for what you wanna do, allowing true healing from our grief and our pain because you do have healing and hope for us. In Jesus' name, amen.